The message today is entitled, Not Ashamed. And it comes from our passage from Romans today, verse one through, uh, chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. Um, and before we get started in our intro, I'm going to ask this question here today. And that question is, are you authentic, right? And what do I mean by this uh, is kind of the more furthering, further question is, is what we see on Sunday the same you on Monday? And this is such an important question for us to answer because growing up, this is something that's always been on my mind. Uh, I remember being a part of like these nice, huge church rallies for basketball tournaments and um, some type of big type of event. And every time I go, I'll be so confused because I'll see uh, my classmates there too because it's usually at a big church or something like that and there's people from school there as well. And I remember seeing this one student and this student was like during praise time she was like lift up hands close her eyes and like if everyone's seated she, she, this student would be the one that's standing up and just praising by themselves and I was like wow that person is a very faithful person and then I was like I, I don't know this person that well but you know when I see them at school I should I should just kind of get to know them because you know that's somebody that is another Christian at school but then, you know, when I see that person at school, there's like so much cursing coming out and so much, did you hear about this person, that person? And I was like, uh, <laughs> is this the same person? You know, uh, and I was so shocked because I was like, it just didn't make sense in my brain during that time, that young brain of mine. <laughs> I was like, why, how can someone change so drastically from a church rally to a, you know, school setting. I was so confused. I was like, is this normal? Like, is it, oh, is it normal to be so different when you're at church and be just completely the opposite when you go back to school or when you go back to work or you, when you go back to anywhere? I was really confused because I would see the same type of behavior elsewhere too within the church or within amongst Christians. And I'm like, what makes Christianity so special? What makes us so different from any other religion? Because it's the same problems in all the other religions. Like, what makes Christianity so special? And that's why I asked this question here today. Are you authentic? And I don't mean in the sense of, like, you know, you personally, per se, or maybe it is you personally, <laughs> but is the same person today on Sunday, the same person that I talk with, the same person on Monday? Because that's one of the things that uh, I get so annoyed by, and some of the things that I really um, just don't understand is when people act so differently around pastors. I, maybe that's like a first-generation pastor thing, definitely. But for me, I, I really want to be a pastor that is approachable, you know, someone that can be like a friend because that's the person that is real, that I'm, like, I want to interact with real people, <laughs> you know, who you really are, how you really are, 
it's okay if you know you're rough around the edges because ultimately when the gospel is moving in your life those changes are not pretend changes or changes because you're you happen to be at church but these are real authentic changes authentic strength and transformation that we see and that's what's so important for us to really understand because there's so many people that live fake lives so many people that are so not authentic that it is really scary because you don't know who who people are anymore everyone is someone else depending on whatever environment or setting they happen to be and I don't think people know today who they are because they have to keep changing and shifting their identity so many times. Like, I, I, I bet there are so many people today that don't know who they actually are. They don't know what they believe in. They don't know anything. Um, and that's a problem. And even as a Christian, too, there's so many Christians that don't even understand what it means to be Christian. And their Christianity, I would have to put in question, is it authentic? Last week we talked about this uh, at the pulpit as well. Who is the real Jesus? Because there's so many people that held on to a very vague Jesus that when people do talk about Jesus, they have no idea who he is. That's today's church and today's culture. We keep on holding on to inauthentic or very vague things to the point where everything's just kind of fake. And when you have a lot of fake stuff, you start to believe that it's all real. <laughs> but it's not. And it shows. Because what we see in Scripture, what we see in the Bible, we're not seeing those fruits. We don't see those results. We don't see where, where God is leading us. Why in the world, in today's passage, is Paul saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel? You know? Because so many times we, we are ashamed. And there's a very similar thing that I'm pretty sure many people here can relate to. Um, our first point, identity. So we start off with that first part of today's passage. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. So many times we can be ashamed of our you know, personal identity, especially for those who grew up second generation here in the States, right? And this is a you know, problem that probably my son and daughter don't really understand totally as, as much as our, you know, my generation as well as those who preceded us um, or preceded us. And this is something that People don't quite understand if you come straight from Korea or from you know, your, your country of origin. When you grow up in a situation where you're the minority and you have your own culture, but everyone else's culture is different from yours, you can feel very ashamed because <laughs> you're like, oh, my food smells and tastes this way, but everyone else's food is this way. I guess there's something wrong with me, right? And I, in a way, this is the immigrant story for a lot of us, where we can become very, um, you know, trapped to 
oh, I guess my, my identity, my culture doesn't count as much because the majority is something else. During this time in Rome, too, this is something that a lot of Christians face as well. They're in the minority. Everybody else worshiped the gods of Rome, the Greek gods, the Roman gods, so many gods, <laughs> so many idols. But for you not to believe in an idol, you see the situation and circumstance. But growing up, going back to, um, you know, kind of this immigrant type of background, how can we really break out of this, right? Of not being ashamed. It's coming to understand, right? Um, coming to understand our parents' generation and vice versa. A lot of times people don't do the vice versa. Our parents' generation have to understand our generation as well. It has to go back and forth. It's, it's a two-way street. And this is why the gospel, and this is why uh, having this missional or evangelistic mindset is so important because it requires us to understand each other in order to relay a very important message. If this message is good news, it needs to be good news to all people, all cultures, everywhere. But if it's only good news to you, then you haven't quite understood the gospel. Same thing culturally as well. There are things that we don't quite understand generationally or even culturally, you know, because our pursuit is to reach all nations. But that's the process. That's the process that the gospel is trying to lead us towards is how. How can we reach all people? How can we come to love people that have a different background than me? I have a hard time loving my own family. How can I love people that are not part of my family? It's really tough. And that's why we really do need a miracle. It's only by the grace of God that we're able to do this. It's only when we understand God's love for humanity that we start to understand how we can love. Even within our own families, too, there are moments where you have a hard time loving people that have hurt you, especially within your family. It's when we come to understand God's love for us that we start to even have any ounce of strength to even try. We need God's grace because we can't do it on our own because our love, our energy, our everything, it's very limited. Like It's like feeling... <laughs> especially today, filling your car with gas, right? It's very limited and it's very costly because your time and energy and it gets empty really fast. <laughs> and that's just, that's just kind of our humanity. And that's why we need God. Not because, oh, it makes me a more moral person. It makes me more positive. Those are byproducts. It sounds like maybe a hot take, but it, it, those are byproducts of this relationship with God that we have. Those aren't the main things of why we pursue Christ, believe it or not. 
And that's why what we need to pursue is this, honesty, right? Authenticity, right? Of our pursuit of God. Where we need to be honest with ourselves. Where are you spiritually today? Are you constantly anxious? Are you constantly falling to the same things over and over again? Same pattern of thoughts, same pattern of worry, same pattern of whatever it seems to be that's really sucking the life out of you, right? We need to be honest. I have a problem. This includes our mental state and our physical state as well. I have a problem. It's only when we identify that there is an issue that we can start to pursue some type of solution, right? And that's why identity is so important. Like I said earlier, I don't think a lot of people here today or in, in America today, don't e they don't even know who they are or where they are. People are just so busy to the point where it's just busyness. There's so much talk about mental health and all these different things. And it comes back to this. Who are you? Are you busyness? <laughs> you know, that's not an identity. That's an action, right? And that's something that we have to be aware of today. What is our identity? Because this is what Paul is saying here today. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because he finds his identity in the gospel, in what Christ has done through the cross to bridge us back to God. Because when we seek God, what we're doing is we're seeking this image of God that has been imprinted into us, right? We're created in the image of God. That's what the Bible says. And what that means is as we pursue God, we actually come to know more about who we are and the calling that we have been given in this life. And as we enjoy this identity, uh, this leads to the authority that God has given us. It says in today's passage, for it is the power of God for salvation, right? I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, this is a message that I bring up very often, but the gospel is the answer to the fundamental problem of humanity, which is separation from God, sin, and this being called Satan. How can we overcome this with our own strength? Can you bridge yourself back to God with your good works? When is enough good works? Who is the determiner of that? How do you know when you have reached that point? It's like, I don't know, <laughs> right? But God is not calling us, hey, you have to do 100 good works and then I'll think about letting you into heaven. That's not the gospel. The gospel says you are utterly, you know, you have no answer. <laughs> you are utterly uh, screwed. <laughs> um, and that's the problem. Sorry if anyone is offended by that, but that's the thing. So many times we don't realize that's our state. We are, you know, in a very bad situation. And it, it doesn't matter how much good work we do, it doesn't erase sin because 
the wages of sin, according to the Bible, says, is death. So to pay for your sin, one must die for the sin. If you do the crime, you have to do the, uh, there's no time for this one, you just die. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the fair judgment. But how many sins have we committed? And how many lives can we give up? This is not an arcade, right? Especially uh, the modded ones where you can put infinity coins, right? It doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, I wish. But that's not how this works. So think about it. How much good works can you do to pay sin to prevent death? It doesn't make sense, right? If you have a billion, let's say you have a minus billion dollar debt in your bank account, just all of a sudden, it's so much money that you, you don't feel anything, <laughs> right? It's just like, wow, that's pretty big. <laughs> if it was a thousand dollars, you'd be like, who the, you know, <laughs> you'd be so angry. <laughs> but if it's a billion dollars, it's like, man, that's, that's, a, that's a really hard hole to come out of. <laughs> But that's kind of how our sin situation is. We're so deep in the hole that it's so hard to get out of it or impossible for us to get out of it alone. And that's why Christ had to come. To pay for a debt that we cannot pay for. And that's why the cross was so important. Because he was not just any human. He was the God-man, right? He was God who came as man, who died on behalf of sinners. His, his sacrifice meant something. I could sacrifice my life for you. It would be a good gesture. But guess what? I'm a sinful person too. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the math doesn't work out. It doesn't cancel each other out, even as a pastor. And there is belief versus unbelief, right? in our lives, where there are so many things that we're, we're called to belief in God, but then a lot of times we just kind of turn to unbelief. But how do we break this unbelief? It's by, once again, like the previous point, understanding. We need to understand God's word. We need to understand where God is coming from, right? This is so important because a lot of times we just kind of like, I'm a Christian, so I'm just forced to believe that it should be okay. Right? Right? <laughs> but I want to actually challenge you here today. We need to wrestle with the Word of God. I don't mean, you know, it's not rejecting the Word of God. We need to wrestle in terms of if there are things that you have a hard time with, you need to be honest with that. And in your prayers, be honest with God. Be like, God, this, I'm stuck here. I don't know how you expect me to, or I don't know what this word actually means. Or right now, I, I, I kind of disagree with that word. But don't just end it there. Ask, help me to understand. Right? And this is where understanding is very important because through that wrestling with truth, you receive very important answers, real answers, because this is a real inquiry, right? A real question that you have. And, you know, usually it's 
to deal with something that's happening in your reality, in your life. And the thing is, when you start to connect the dots, God's word, my life, and you receive an answer, that becomes a real witness, evidence, one may say, right, of God's word working in your life. But we need to make that time. And that leads to our third point here today, which is lifestyle of faith. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So the relationship that we have with God, it leads us into righteousness, makes us right with God, but also works on our character. Uh, this is a story that I bring very often, but, you know, back in the day, I think I brought this last, up, last week as well, but long time ago, went to outdoor education. Outdoor education is a time where, I don't know if they really do it nowadays, but we were out in the wilderness for like three days or four days or something. And during that time, you spend a lot of time with your classmates. And during that time, you know, nowadays, what's, what's, the, um, what's the thing that they say? A lot of the kids, like, what's up, bro? <laughs> bro, bro. Back in my days, it was, hey, man, man, man. <laughs> Everything was man back in, back in my days. Now it's bro. But um, I, I didn't really say it that much. But after I came back from outdoor education, let me tell you, <laughs> every sentence ended with man. <laughs> Got to go to the bathroom, man. I'm hungry, man. No, 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 man. Something, man. And then when I went and came back, my dad, he picked me up. And then he's like, how was it? Oh, it was great, man. <laughs> I was like, and then I, I froze because I'm like, that was so awkward. I, like, it's like, it's, it was fun, bro, you know, <laughs> to your dad. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, why did I say that, you know? And I was just so caught off guard, like how much my classmates influenced me because of the time I spent with them. And it's very, very similar in our worship with God. It's not giving God service, you know, we call it service, but it's not in terms of serving, you know, anything, but it's spending time with God. That time spent is so important because it gives time for us, gives time for God to kind of rub some of his character, some of his righteousness upon our lives. And it can't just be a Sunday thing where you just think about God on Sunday and then your life is completely different on Monday. It's something that is continuous. Continuation is so important. It says, from faith, for faith. You don't just remain faithful at church. Your faith, is it reliant on location? Right? That doesn't make sense. Like you appear in a location and all of a sudden you're faithful <laughs> and then you go to another location, all of a sudden you're, you're a pagan, you know? <laughs> no, there, this is, there's a continuation aspect to our walk with God. It's not just a one-time thing or once-a-week thing. Um, it's so much more than that. And this is what we're building towards. 
We're building towards something that doesn't disappear or disappoint. And these are real relationships that we have in our lives where there are people in your lives that you can really rely on. People that just don't disappear. People that just don't disappoint all the time. Sometimes, right? We're human. <laughs> but we're building this relationship with one another. But more than that, we need to build this relationship with God. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody, and they said, hey, you know, some, you know, this whole relationship with God kind of feels like an exercise. Like, it's like a workout. I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but it only feels like that because we have yet to come to get to that point of intimacy with God. Right? In the beginning, you have to work at it. Work at this relationship. Or even people that have been in a relationship for a very long time, over time, you come to realize, man, we're, we're going on different tempos. Let's work on building this relationship again or deeper, right? And this is something that's so important for us to do. For these type of relationships, especially with our relationship with God, it's not something that doesn't, dis God doesn't just disappear. He doesn't just disappoint. There is a plan and a calling that's tied to his call for you. And this is grace. Um, it says the righteous shall live by faith. It's by grace that we can do this. Grace, once again, is a gift that is undeserved, but yet God gives it to us. That's what grace is, undeserved gift. You don't deserve it, but God gives it to you. Why does it have to be like that? Because the whole world doesn't work on that type of framework. You work for your pay, you work for relationships, you work for good friendships. There's no room for grace. We don't have time for that, right? But the reason why it has to be grace is there is no other answer. In our sin, in our state of being stuck in the fundamental problem, there is no solution, there is no skill set get us out of the pit, get us out of that debt, to get us out of anything, really. We're just hoping, we're just trying to be really lucky. The reason why it has to be grace is there is no other way. Christ has to just give us this relationship. He has to give us this forgiveness. He has to give us even the strength to pursue him. I know that sounds kind of weird. Like, we need strength to pursue him? Yes, we do. <laughs> because we are very limited. And when we come to understand our limitations, we start to see uh, what it is that God really is uh, calling us to do. So, conclusion here today is this. Don't disregard important things, right? Don't just be like, eh, you know, I'm a Christian, so it'll, it'll figure itself out. Engage, right? Talk with God. Pray. Especially those who are married, who have family. Make that time to spend in prayer with the family, right? Make that time. It can just be one, even, even the time before a meal, 
being able to pray together as a family seems very little. It seems very little, like insignificant. Like, have that time to pray. At least, you know, at least that, if you, if you happen to be all together. Because it's so important. These are important things that we keep disregarding. But don't disregard it, because those moments of prayer, moments together are very important. Seek understanding, wrestle with truth, and engage with Christ, right? Meditating on his word, right? Through deep prayer, a deep breathing, we can have deep prayer, um, remembering God's word. And one other way is really doing that through cathartic activity too. Like cathartic activity as in, you know, sometimes we can be cleaning around the house, our minds will just be a big blank. <laughs> Using those times, or when you, some people for exercise, you, you get into that, mo that mode where it's just like, because you're exercising, you're just kind of a blank slate. Use that time. Spend it with God. For me, it's like fixing a little electronics. Sometimes I have like, it's very cathartic in that way, or shining my shoes, or <laughs> just little, little things, like are moments where we can engage in, in these important things. Spending time with God, spending time in prayer. You don't have to close your eyes to pray, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but, you know, at times it can help. So you can just kind of, you know, close off your external environment to pray. So as we hold on to today's message, we need to understand what the gospel is and why Paul says that he is not ashamed of it. Because it is the answer to the field that he is in. It's the answer to Rome during his time. Because there was no answer for the Roman citizen back in the day. But this gospel was that answer. And it is the answer today, especially with so much turmoil and so much like tragic news that we hear, especially in Texas. Um, it's so easy to get ca caught up with the politics of everything, but that's not what we need to get caught up with. We really need to see what is it that God is calling us to do? What are the little things that we can do? There are people that are around us that are hurting too. And there are people that we can help, right? And people that we can not just pray for, but also really lend a help, a, handing, a helping hand. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. A helping hand too, right? To see if they're okay, to see how they're doing. All those little things really do add up. Don't disregard it. Because we really need change from the little things, right? To the people that you're already connected to and really see how God uses those relationships to further, right? further move out to even the greater population, <laughs> greater Maryland and DC area and beyond and to the ends of the earth. This is how the gospel moves and this is what we need to be able to see as we uh, continue this walk with Christ.